Hey, Ben. Hey, Chase. It's freaking hot in here. Man, I think we should turn the air off, but I'm just too lazy. Yeah, and they definitely, they being the people listening to us talk right now, definitely hear it, probably. I think it doesn't matter, though, because you know what? We've been away for a while. We have, how long? I don't even remember when we were. Everything's a blur. I think July. It's just the hangar man It's been a month and a half, I think. (laughs) Right? So we had, last time we were together, we had Justin Atkinson. Atkinson. Atkinson in with us, and he's probably currently jumping out of a plane somewhere in the world. He just got through driving like three or 4,000 miles. I saw those posts. He was like always driving over a bridge somewhere. Listen to really, really like low-cut country. Country, yeah. Well, I won't say that in case he's listening. Not low-cut, like or, uh, deep cut. Sorry. There you Not- go. There you go. <laughs> I don't, I, the last guy I would want to offend would be Justin Atkinson. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, good. he's really kind, but I'm pretty sure he could kill me kindly. So what we've done, man, speaking of country songs, so what we've done is invited another guy in, and I think we're just going to kind of... I'll say it, a lesser man, but that's all right. <laughs> we're that's all fair. lesser men. We're all lesser men. Three lesser men. There's the title for your episode. Three lesser men. Three lesser men. I'm not going to need to remember uh, so that. So we have like a guy that we've... You can't say grandfathered in, because it's not like he was on the old plan, but he's a, he's a new arrival to the hangar ecosystem. He's the greenhorn. He is the greenhorn. Yeah. yeah. So... Wearing we're gonna, green. Yeah. We're going to welcome Ish. Ish. Austin to the podcast. Yeah. Hey, guys. Wow. I'm psyched to be here. Uh, I'm really up. bummed no. that I have to follow Justin. I don't it's know terrifying. if he knows anything about manhood, but we needed well, a third guy. <laughs> yes. We needed some contrast. <laughs> in TBD. The- Restaurant was begging, but it wasn't her episode yet. <laughs> well, to be fair, she approaches life you know, more like a man than any of us. And she's proud of it. <laughs> she, she has bigger balls than the three of us combined sometimes. <laughs> That's funny, but oh. true. All right, so where we're going with our topic today, we, we got these in-between episodes. Yeah. We're going to just discuss Before some... you explain the topic, I think you, you should explain why we're talking about this topic, like what occurred. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get there. Okay. But I think there are people who are probably just like tuning in, if that's what you call on a podcast, Yeah. Uh, to say, well, what, what's this in-between stuff? So we went to the season model we had a really killer season that had to do with the Netflix series, and we're building our next one that has to do with, you know, I think people would say one of the most popular uh, artists of all time. We're putting that together, mm-hmm. but that's going to take a while. It is. Uh, pretty excited about the artwork that's being generated and some stuff we're thinking out. But before that can happen, we're going to drop in and give a few quick little episodes about, we'll call it this and that. Things that we discussed that we think would be helpful because, look, let's be real. We don't want the hangar man to go too long without hearing our wisdom. Yeah, that's worth that good. That's what we're out for. (laughs) So the reason I I wanted to jump in here and record this podcast today is because you made me. Um, I just mentioned it on on a Sunday where I knew you were weak and probably would agree with me. But instead, (laughs) you just texted me once and didn't respond. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing I know about you is because we're friends. If you bring something up, it's like he really means this. Yeah. So, and I'm eager. I'm eager to be behind the microphone. I don't get enough attention in my life personally. So, this is kind of how I scratch that itch. <laughs> I, um, I like it's nice to like not have to fit in a model that we built. You know, like I really love the seasons, but we're like, have, we have to think real hard while we do that. With this, we're just like, Meh. yeah. Oh if we my get gosh. somewhere with it, we get somewhere with we it. We were slightly unprepared for the thematic version of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit weighty, but we did it. We pulled it off. A little heady. Yeah, heady. I, well, that's my space, you know. 
So don't make me tell the story about losing my wallet, but I'm, it's on the top of my mind right now. Well, so, hey, who, who, by the time this comes out, you may have found it. So That's true. That's nice. Either let's that or he'll so. have no money left. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, so. my, my phone keeps lighting up. I'm wondering if it's like, hey, you just spent money in Uzbekistan. You know, like, <laughs> are you on a trip? No, not. I'm not. So, all right. So uh, let's get down to our topic because most guys have, uh, they're like, either get to it or I'm turning this off. So we just got finished with what we're calling the hangar coaching weekend. We've mm-hmm. now had our second one of these hangar coaching weekends. And there's simply no doubt about it. These are really, and this is an overused word, especially among Christians. And we're careful about those sorts of things. Uh, but it was, it's a really powerful weekend in the life of a man. you know. And I, and I mean that not necessarily spiritually, like people would talk about a worship service being powerful or something like that. But just the experience itself seems to carry a lot of weight. And it's what a lot of men are looking for, but don't know it. So shall I break down kind of what happens at one of these? Little, I, I, I yeah, I think the one you just did is the one you should. Because I, I know there's been a little bit of difference between the very first one yes. and then the, the tweaks you made for the yeah, second one. Yeah, so like in two or three minutes, you arrive at a location with a group of men. And it's roughly about, the, this version was about 30 men. And there's some guys that have been through an experience like this before. And then there's some guys who haven't, about 10 to 15 guys who haven't. They're called boots. That's a term that we've uh, hijacked from the military. Just mm. means it means new guy. But I personally, I don't know how you feel about this, Austin. But I find the term new guy pretty degrading. Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of that lately, and it's really hurt my feelings. Yeah, so you're like, hey, new guy. We can go with know? boots. I'm fine it, with that. For a while, it's like, oh, new guy. They have a name for me. And then afterwards, you're like, okay, stop. You I've know? been here a minute. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so the boots are there, and and the role of the boots is to tell their life story at some point in the weekend. They get about 20 minutes to do that, and then after that 20-minute segment of sharing their life story, then the alumni, as they're called, the guys who have gone through before, have an opportunity to give feedback to that story. And the question that guides the feedback is, what is it like to sit with Ben? You know, Ben just shared a story. What's it like to sit with Ben? So there is no advice because, as we all know, advice just pisses men off. Mm. It's like, hey, this is what it's like to sit with you, man. I heard your life story, and, you know— the main thing that stuck with me, though, because I've been through a few different versions of these outside of the hangar. We've brought it in because of how great it is for men. Uh, but the thing that stuck with me on the way home, I was thinking, man, it seems to be very difficult for men to talk about their life, especially if you use the word story. You know, like tell your story in 20 minutes. And it, I mean, if you want to see a guy, you know, shocked, you either like, catch them in their porn addiction or ask them to tell their story. They're the same level, you know, it's like, why is this so stressful for you? Uh, mostly because I just, you know, I talk, that's what I did. I've always been that. I've been the kid that my mom was like, okay, I need you to go away, <laughs> you know, cause yeah. I talk so much. Uh, but these guys, they just panic. So it got me rolling. Like it would be good for the guys who are listening to be challenged, to think about their life as a story, but kind of pace through why is this so difficult? And you know, there's gotta be something there. If almost to a man, people panic about having to do this yeah that's a good point thanks for your input all right take it away austin you're fantastic well i would (laughs) like to hear more about this uh coaching weekend what made this one different well since i didn't get to yeah well part of it was we there were guys this is this was so um arresting there were guys that were there that i sit with every tuesday night at my house in my driveway which i would highly suggest any man start one of these up to be able to sit outside with a group of dudes once a week and just talk about life. But there were guys that were at this coaching weekend that I've spent a year and a half with on Tuesday nights. Yeah. And I learned probably the things that I heard in the 20 minutes that they were sharing their story. I had never heard 70% of it. Wow. 
Yeah. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And it isn't like, I mean, I know these guys. It's not sure. like they were trying to withhold information uh, from me. But as they started sharing their story, I think there were details that came out that surprised even them. So do you think that it's the environment or do you think it's just getting them out of their regular rhythms? Uh, yeah, that's you, a great question. Do you think it's that they know that the time is set aside for that or it's just a sh- it shakes it up enough to get them to where they want to share? Well, something I've struggled with for a while inside of the hangar even is – you know, being a kind of a thought driven guy, uh, part of my personality is I can think about something and it's, and it's like, I did it. Like I can think about paying my bills and I give myself credit like, Oh, okay. Well you paid the bills. Mm -hmm. Not even true. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So, but it seems like for these guys, even the ones who are hesitant, once you see one or two guys talk about their life in 20 minutes, they just follow suit, you know? And when you get together in a group on a Tuesday night, you're kind of talking about, here's what's really acute in my life. I'm having this, this problem with my kids or my spouse or my job, or I just feel this particular way. But if you see other guys go before you and they're like, hey, here's kind of how things started. Here's where they went a little bit crazy. I'm still in the crazy or whatever. Once they see that happen a few times, it's like everybody just jumps in, you know, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I think that's part of it. I think it's – um they don't know what to expect, really. But once they see it happen a few times, they're ready to do it, you know. But they even then, they have difficulty. Uh, a lot of guys say, well, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I don't really have a story. I heard that multiple times. Uh, but this past weekend just seemed to have a, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian man, and I will give God credit where I feel like he deserves it, which is a lot of places for me. Uh, but I feel like God was present in that, he was helping those men who were taking that step. They were nervous and needed a little bit of courage. He showed up to be the courage for them. And as a Christian sitting in the room, I, I could just feel that. It, you know, I usually have trouble paying attention after the you know eighth guy, seventh guy, and I'm just checking out. But I mean, this weekend I was riveted through the last story. It was pretty incredible. So I think one thing we at the hangar can pride ourselves on is that we don't do things just to do them. Like, we don't do this podcast just because we think it's cool to say we do a podcast or go on adventure weekends just so we can get away with drinking beer on a on the church's dime <laughs> while we're out and about. Right. So what what has made you put these coaching weekends on such a pedestal in the hangar environment? Like, why are they so important? Why are you and Doug Owen, who's kind of the cohort and the planning mm-hmm. of that uh, event, why is it so important to you guys to get these guys on this trip? Yeah. Um, well, the first reason is I live under the conviction, big word, I know, mm. but I live under the conviction that most men, including myself, live in the 24-hour cycle. So whatever hits us in 24 hours, that's what we deal with. And within that 24 hours, if we do think about something else, it's probably in the next 24 hours. So we get out of bed and we're like, all right, what do I ha- what's going to smack me in the face today and what do I need to hit before that happens? And then we go to bed, we wake up, we do it the next day. I mean, this explains so much why guys are disconnected from their kids or, you know, once they hit empty nest, their wife, they don't even know their wife anymore and they barely know themselves anymore. Mm. So that's part of it. But I went to one of these under a different name uh, with two guys that I respect, one of which has been on the podcast very early on, Roan Hunter, yeah. uh, who's a, a therapist, a licensed sex addiction therapist. Smart dude. <laughs> How's that for a title? <laughs> uh, how'd you like to be that guy? Yeah, just listen to people's sex addictions all day. Um, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Great way to make a living. Uh, but I went to one of their things that they put on, and this is we're almost exactly copying their model. 
So I had to share my story. And as a, as a minister who talks all the time, I felt that like, oh my gosh, I'm about to have to talk about myself, not in a way where I'm trying to prove some spiritual point. I'm mm-hmm. just being known. And that scares the hell out of me. You know, mm-hmm. then I shared my story and one of the guys there was like, you know what? I don't feel like I really know who you are. And you just talked at everybody for 20 minutes. And uh, I really didn't like that feedback. Uh, I was like, you know what? As soon as this is over, we're gonna we're gonna have a little go of it off this deck right here. And so I realized a lot of anger kicked up, but it wasn't great feedback. I will acknowledge that. Like most guys are probably like, man, I you know get him sea bass, but it wasn't great feedback. But it made me wrestle with that, and mm. it caused me to to think about my own life, stuff that I've said well that's in the past i've dealt with that i've processed that and the main one that men say is well that was a long time ago it doesn't matter anymore Mm. and i realized in sharing for that 20 minutes there's some there was some stuff back there that i knew about and convinced myself didn't have much power but i had trouble spitting it out in front of that group of guys and uh so it it just works it's something that works when you get a man who's in that 24-hour cycle you know or even worse has checked out altogether yeah, and has to say something about their life for 20 minutes and talk about where they've come from. Uh, it just, you can get a lot more done in a man's heart for his own sake in that than you can, I think, in six months worth of church services that you're sitting through just listening to a guy talk, you know. That's strong. Yeah, that's good stuff. One thing that I heard you say that I hear you and Doug talk about a lot is this idea of being known. Um, and that always sticks out to me a lot. But I, I guess my question would be, without going on one of these coaching weekends, are there ways for you to to begin to do that you know, outside of that environment? Because you kind of set up these times as a place to be known by this group of guys, but you've also said you know, weekly that's something that's very important. How do you go about setting that up? And maybe you've discussed this before, but... No, we actually haven't. You know, actually talking about there's a lot of mystery surrounding these weekends that it's kind of like one of those sacred things. You don't really need to talk about it. But I I find that I'm wanting to break that barrier down because that really just makes men suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you the way that we practice it on on a weekly basis is we we ask each other questions that aren't just surface BS. You know, we ask things like, hey, man, how are you? And we've set up a culture inside of the hangar where if you just say fine or you give me your resume or your to-do list, I'm automatically like, you better start shooting straight with me or we're <laughs> going to have some problems. So you, you establish a culture with your friend base where you ask those questions, you're actually real about it. Before you set that up, I think you have to uh, dig in there and say, tell me what's going on with you. You know, like those questions that usually would cause an argument in your marriage you start asking with your buddies, your friends, and it just takes you to that place. And, you know, being known that, that here's the difference between, you know, that fake conversation and real conversation. How are you? And you answer, man, I'm good. I'm a little busy. I got this or that going on. And, you know, the kids are this. And I don't know if you heard about that. It's just this factual stuff. And and when somebody asks you, how are, how are you? And you start giving them emotion words. That's a different. There's a big difference. Like, man, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm feeling a little unsettled and I kind of can't figure out why. Mm. That's being known, you know, yeah. leaking out some of your story like, hey, I, I ran into my dad this past weekend because he was at one of the kids' baseball games. And if I could have put my hands around his throat, I, that's what I would have done. Mm. You know, th- those are much, 
Like you got to get to that place with your friendships, in my opinion, or you're just wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that's a crazy line to put in place, but I think we see it over and over again, especially in these uh, communities that we're building up, even outside of these coaching weekends. You know, like we hear that countless times coming out of the the two main hanger groups that we have going on. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Barrett and Justin's group has grown in bonus at a very rapid rate. Yeah. And it's nothing that, you know, the church has done to make that happen. It's just a group of guys that Thank have, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no joke. <laughs> but it's it's nothing we've said on Sunday morning or nothing that in, no song is said or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. those guys committing to being known and not giving a bleep what the other person thinks. He not save himself some time there. Yeah, I don't want to have to find this later. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, we, we say it all saying. the time, yeah, but yeah. It, we say it so much, but because we mean it, probably more than anything else we say on this podcast, you know, community is what makes the difference sure. when it comes to your life with Jesus. Well, the big story over the whole planet, universe, however far you want to back up, is that intimacy with the Creator was broken, mm. and intimacy and relationship with each other was broken. You know, so we, we talk about this all the time, but, you know, that original story tells you so much. But even knowing all of this, this is why I'm wanting to bring this up for a few minutes today. Even knowing all of this stuff that we know and that we've talked about for only goodness knows how many episodes, it still strikes me that men have trouble. Why do men have trouble thinking about their life as a story, as a, as a story arc, as a line with chapters and things being connected? Why is that so difficult for us? I really don't know. A lot, a lot of the thing I go to more than not is culture. That's also kind of a vague way to put it, you yeah. know. Do you but, have specific things you mean when you say that? Well, like take our John Wayne episode that we did in the past season. You know, oh. that, that kind of speaks. A, sorry, not not Man. the yeah, Amazing. not the call back on our awesome mm. season that we did. Uh, <laughs> but that episode was real strong, not because of us attacking John Wayne inherently, but it's just that John Wayne model of a guy that like, you don't have feelings. You, you ride out on the open range, kill, you got to kill. And then you have the cool shot at sunset as you walk out the cabin. And that's the end of the story. You just, everything else is bottled up. You don't see the behind the curtains of John Wayne crying because of, you know, whatever, or him being angry, like true anger and unjust anger, stuff like that. There's no realness to that. Hmm. And I, and I don't think uh, culture has done a good job of it. I don't think previous generations as a whole have done a good job of it. Now, obviously, there's going to be outliers. There's been some killer dads in the boomer generation and the generation before that, even now. Still looking, but we'll find them. We believe they're there. <laughs> they yeah. are there. Yeah. 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 Logic states. But I don't know. That's, pro- that's probably one of the main things I go back towards. Yeah, I you- get it. I get it. I think, you know, part of your answer is exposing another thing I was talking to you this morning about. I was like, I want to talk about this, but my gosh, have we talked about this? Yep. But probably 85% of the men who were, who were at this one and have been at, at others, 85%, I would say, spend the first five to eight minutes of the 20 minutes talking about their father. Mm. It's, I mean, the statistics are crazy. Yeah. You know, so it hasn't been modeled for us. And also the opposite has been modeled for us. Yeah. Is, is kind of what I hear you saying. What's your take on it? I think that a lot of it goes back to the 24-hour cycle you were talking about. And and part of that comes into being a man is that we feel like our main purpose here is to get work done. 
Um, and so for us to think of our lives as a story means that there's a plot that's going past this greater need for us to check things off a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't, I just don't think that we plan our time that way. I don't think that, that we look at the future that way. Even when we talk about our future goals, it's in terms of a five-year plan. We, we are trying to get to this point, and that's where we're going to count ourselves as successful. And so for a guy to open up and talk about his life as a story, even going back as far as Chase just said, with his dad in mind, that's a that's ground that they are just not comfortable stepping into because it's kind of uncharted territory. That's not something they're comfortable with you know, thinking about their lives as. And I, and I, I think that when you start to dig into that on these weekends – it's interesting to me to think about doing that in the context of a bunch of different guys. That just sounds very confusing uh, because it doesn't really seem like any of them would know where they were. You know, yeah. is, is that what you've experienced with that? Yeah, and they're all different people. Yeah. You know? So you do have to give a framework of how to, how to share your story. Because if you think about once the floodgates open, you've got 20 minutes. Mm. You know, it's very possible that a guy could talk for 20 minutes once he finally opens up and you only make it to sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really possible thing. So do y'all hard stop at the 20 minutes, by the way? By the way, um, so we set a timer and an alarm goes off. And once the alarm goes off, that's kind of the signal if you have about 60 seconds to wrap this up. Mm. So the plan is if somebody is a sophomore year, then obviously they've, they've got a lot they're trying to process. Mm. But they've shown you who they are and the way that they're telling their story. So it isn't like there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah, you still know the guy a little you bit. You still know that. the guy. You're like, I don't know, like, you haven't caught me up to present. But you've got insight to his life. I've got some insight into how yeah. all this got started. Mm. And, I mean, not only that, but the fact that you chose to talk about these things so heavily shows me that, that yeah. that's at the that's at the top of your heart. If it yeah. hasn't been at the top of your mind, it's at the top of your heart. You know, Austin, something you said, man, it just, things came together really quickly in my mind. I'd like to talk about that for just a second. But so our, our original story inside of Christianity is the Garden of Eden. Right. And um, somebody pointed out the other day, Stephen actually, Siler pointed out the other day that so many Christian thinkers and speakers are talking about this original story. He's running across it mm. a lot. And we talk about it on Tuesday night a lot. But if you look at where work came up, and I'm not trying to force this story on other people who may be listening, but I mean, I got to talk from my base, right? Uh, if you look at that original story, work happened before the break in relationship with God. Sure. So we have work, we have a per. you know, a lot of people call it purpose, but yeah. we've got work, things that we need to do. God looks at, at the man and says, all right, here's your job, essentially, do these things. So work isn't inherently evil. We <laughs> Many of us would like to say that it is, and some of the jobs we're in feel that way, but a man's drive to work, and that's all over the Bible, really, that you should, you should have a drive to do things, to work, that idle hands are a bad thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what we had in that first story was work and intimacy and and not just sexually i'm talking about with god we had work and we had a relationship where we were known fully known actually first generation by the creator well when that relationship was broken what were we left with work we're left with work and and in fact god says and your work's going to get harder and you're like dang it (laughs) that's not good so it does it like it makes more sense to me now hearing the way that you were you guys are talking about it we, we had this break in relationship, okay, that's what happened, but we were left with work, and we've now had generation after generation after generation. That's your identity. Just to accept work. That's all yeah. you have left. That's all I have left, so I'm just going to be 
pretty dang good at it right you know whatever i pick to do so which yeah. explains the fixer mentality like mm. we talk about all the time you know oh, a lot yeah. a lot of the men's troubles that'll that'll show up in their stories is them trying to just fix things that are wrong and like sure. a very gapped way from the emotion side of it well, anyway what's funny is the remarriage of the intimacy with god and the relation to work because what i've seen in these communities of men that you guys you know are taking part in is that after they've learned to share their story, after they've gained this community with these guys and, and that relationship with God is probably growing, the first thing that they do is want to get more guys involved. And a lot mm. of times that takes place from work. It's these guys that they're seeing on a regular basis and saying, oh, man, I know this guy needs in his life too as well. It's just a really natural connection. Yeah, we actually had a couple of sets of coworkers there this weekend, which, man, so it's interesting how these small topics can become more and more fascinating, but you're right. I think lifting out mentally, let's just talk about mentally lifting out of what you're in regularly and then being given a directive by someone who doesn't pay you. I mean, these guys pay to go to these things. Right. Um, and still they struggle with showing up. Like so many will call me <laughs> on Friday and like, uh, Hey man, um, I don't think I'm going to make it, uh, you know, so, but then they show up and they're given this directive by someone that, that doesn't pay them and they're, they're given a task, but it's a difficult task, which I think peels out something, the, the layers of something we do also talk about often, and that's initiation. Hmm. You know, we're, as men, we're not put in those sort of scenarios very often unless it's like the first, the first kill on the hunting trip or the first yeah. Friday night or the, the first car or, but once we, we're past all those firsts that just kind of accidentally happen in a lot of families. A man's not thrown in that situation very often. Yeah. Uh, and it, there's a little bit of a gut check, you know? So let me ask this really direct question. If you guys had to share about, let's just say we're going to flip the script on this episode and say, all right, you're going to share your story in 20 minutes. You're going to share your story in 20 minutes. Yeah. Great. What do you walk through emotionally th thinking about that prospect? Um, Uh, I it reconjures a lot of those emotions that I buried for so long, I think. Uh, and it's not like one overarching emotion that I feel throughout my my life because my life has had, even even though I'm only 25, it's had a lot of twists and turns in terms of the kind of person that I've become through different seasons. But uh, I feel like these feelings of self consciousness pull back up you know these ideas mm, of, that's a big one yeah yeah it's a major one in my story that i still deal with today uh fear uh not just of what people think but just inherent fear like fear of consequences or fear of outcomes that's a major part of my personality it's why i respect rules <laughs> so much <laughs> they're like, so safe yes sir officer um <laughs> Yeah, those are probably my two biggest ones and ones that would probably need the most unpacking given the the way my story has gone. That's honest. Yeah. That's, that's a great yeah, that's answer. Follow that, Austin. Yeah, thanks, Chase. You're welcome. Um, I think the two things that immediately came to mind were back to talking about uh, my dad. I think that um, I, I had a good dad, but I think that's one thing that I would have to unpack very um, before I could do anything else. Um, and one thing that Ben actually said that really stuck with me one time is when he was talking about his father, he said the way that uh, I thought about it or the way that um, I 
uh, viewed it. It may not have been necessarily the way that it had happened, but the way that I viewed it. And I think that that's, that's well, it's still real to you. That's right. one thing we say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's something yeah. I've thought about a lot since I heard him say that. Is man, I know that my dad was a really good man, but I still took it in certain ways that uh, may not have been how he meant it. So I think I would have to wade through that. Um, and something that I've learned a little more recently is that. Um, self-control um, manner of it. That's something that I just lacked for a long, long time and still sometimes lack. And I think... Wait, seriously? Yeah, what? I know, right? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, that shocks me a little bit. Because, like, I think the way that Chase and I know you... How long have we, have we been building a relationship now? Uh, a few months. Yeah. Yeah, just we haven't few. hit the year mark. Oh, gosh. No. But I think in terms of spending time around each other, the job that we do together, we Fairly spend a, lot, a yeah. lot of time around it. I don't know. I see you as a pretty controlled dude. I mean, like as an in-charge guy, but not a, like, uh, this, hang on, this might not work. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's something that I've had to develop over a certain amount of time. Um, and, gosh, if I had 20 minutes, I don't know that I could fish, finish it up mm. in that time. But I think those are the two things that I would have to work through were the process of coming where I am now with that. I so we're, we hit a little bit of, um, there's some understandable limitations. And maybe we should say, and we don't say this often, but maybe we should say, not just for a man, maybe this would be difficult for a woman too because of the cultural things that we've talked about. Sure. It would be it would be difficult to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about my life in this story of an arc. You know? But what we understand is that everything that happens affects everything that happens. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you start telling your story, you look back and you're like, oh, my gosh, this makes so much sense. You know, why does my wife trigger me every time she does this? Well, it's because she's acting like the female version of my father. Like, this isn't weird um, psychoanalysis. This just makes really good sense. Yeah. And, but until you start thinking about it, then that stuff doesn't doesn't rise to the top. Another interesting thing that you pulled out, Chase, is that the immediate thing that hits men is I'm going to have to talk about that. Yeah. Mm. You know, we all have the that, yeah. and, and I don't really want to talk about that. One one thing I want to clear up, just in case there are men who are listening, who, who are thinking about going on one of these eventually, like, oh, man, I don't want to have to talk about all the porn I've looked at growing up and in college and all that kind of that's the misconception that if you're going to the the woods with a bunch of Christians, you've got to confess all the bad stuff you did. You I feel know? like if that's all you talk about, that's kind of a failure. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I mean, if you have guys that just, we call it the resume. You have guys that either roll out all the work they've done and all their accolades or all the really crummy decisions they've made. Mm. It's just a different kind of resume. I don't want to know your resume. I want to know you, you know, but that it, it can be a conception because you think about, it, especially if you grew up in church in a lot of different do- denominations, it's about confessing the bad stuff you've done and that's how we get better, which I'm not trying to knock confession. That's That's a good thing, letting other people know where you are. Uh, but it's so much more than that's that. different than sharing your story though that's just accountability that's not right. the purpose of the weekend right right so the the that rises up and then being self-conscious and then trying to trying to measure yourself against other people all that stuff kind of kind of melts away though as you hear other men share from their heart you know it's a really powerful thing to hear a man talk from his heart and i i realized this past weekend even in this environment that we live in, I don't hear that a lot. Yeah. Which I think we should try to change. Elaborate. Well, I'm just, I was one of those things I just wanted you to agree with me. Oh, yep. Nope. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. we should do, you know. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, we hear guys that have a lot of um, prowess at certain things. They spend a long time in their life learning about, you know, the mechanics of one thing or another, or they're really good at building bridges or 
making sure that people's money makes money. And they can talk very intelligently about those things, but they don't talk from the heart very much. And what I'm figuring out as I listen to these guys, like there are men out there that have huge hearts. And when they start speaking from their heart, the whole room changes. I just, I want to figure out how can we help more men connect with their heart and begin to live and speak from their heart. These 20 minutes really, really help do that. Yeah. It also, in a weird way, it, once you do it and understand the value of it, it almost becomes addictive. Cause like you, you enter these stresses in your life. And a lot of times your first thought will be, Oh, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to hear what Steven thinks about this purely because I need a different perspective other than the one I'm giving me myself right now. Well, mostly because well, a guy like Steven will tell you whether you want him to or not. Exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. And I think yeah. there's something very attractive about that being known piece. I think especially, you know, there's for that initial time, it's been happening for years, but like you said, it's addictive and you don't want to come back in, into that place of being hidden. I guess you don't want to come into that place where you're in isolation um, and you realize, I guess that's why you have so many guys show up at your house every Tuesday. Um, but there's a part of you that needs to be known after that. You don't want to be back into that place because you know, <laughs> you remember what that was like. Yeah. Like in, in, in the hidden parts of your life while you're in it, it feels comfortable. Mm. But the second you're out of it and you see what it would be like to go back to it, it instantly becomes scary. And you, you wonder why you ever wanted to be there in the first place. Yeah. Mm. It's classic like road trip stuff, man. I mean, we could we could have a Spotify playlist and ride from here to California and have a great time. But the first time you got out of the car to put gas in it, you'd be like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I've been sitting there a long time. It's that same sort of feeling, that waking up kind of feeling. So yeah. I think it'd be good at this point of the episode. And, and you've been to Sipsy a few times and I actually heard this happen. Pardon the word. But you've heard it happen organically. Yeah, sitting oh, yeah. around a campfire, yeah. you know, smoking pipes. Yeah, whatever. Bill asked one question, and suddenly twenty different guys have talked. Yeah, about. what what's the word he used? One uh, last time we were out, it was, it was just one word, and it lit everything up. I don't remember uh, alignment, or he said something <laughs> like that. You know, and you're like, and then all these guys just start sharing their <laughs> heart. Like, yeah, how does yeah. he do that? You know? <laughs> Synergy. You know? Yeah, I, um, I know. Yeah, I don't remember the word, but I know the exact moment you're talking um, about. So, but anyway, so I think it would be good for men to hear uh, because. One thing that can be helpful is if you start to kind of practice this before you show up at a booth at a restaurant somewhere and try to do this face to face with another man, you know, like, yeah. like build a little bit of skill here and have a little <laughs> bit of forethought. Yeah. So how do men, based on what you've heard at Sipsy and, and, and even just in conversations that you're a part of, how would you suggest a man go about this? Um, if if well first they have to make the first step there's nothing we can do for them to get them there we can explain how great it is and how mm. it's a safe place but until you go you won't realize how actually how safe of a place it is but once they get past that point uh i think the alumni that you spoke of have to lead by example first and show what it means to do this right you yeah. know yep. i think that's uh, outside of just coach, coaching weekend, a lot of times, like at your group, I'm sure the people that have been there a while and know how this kind of process works, they go first often. You know, that's just yeah. they're willing to do it. They 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 do it for themselves, but they also know that they're doing it for the the boots, right? Yeah. You know, when the boots go first, it means they're in total crisis. Yeah, and they're not <laughs> sharing their story; they're sharing the sh- that they're in right now. Right. That that's what's up. But yeah, continue. 
that was a, that was essentially okay. So the alumni go first. So, but as as the guys are thinking about, let's say they're they're sitting over a pad at home, and uh, it's it's interesting to me. Almost every guy does that. They find a sheet of paper, um, and, or they open up their computer and they're like, "All right, I'm going to figure my story out." Yeah. Mm. How do you go about doing that? So I, I think, oh I see okay yeah so yeah. I mean you answered the question I was asking but not completely. So yeah. do you want me to take it or you go? You go ahead. Okay. So I feel that guys, if they thought in a couple of categories, it would be really helpful. Okay. The first one that is pretty essential is what's the environment that I came of age in? Because you put a lot of stuff together in your life strategy, you know, during those years. Uh, you know, as a little child, you, you're raised by these two things or one thing, and they're like the very large representative of God in your life. So you take on a lot of things from them as normal, and then you have some decisions you make because you're kind of getting your legs as a young colt. You make these decisions. So describing that in as much detail as you possibly can is usually really helpful and takes, I don't know, five or six minutes or so. Then you move into the next part of your journey, which is, and then I decided based on my identity to live this way. Mm. I did these things. I made these decisions. I, um I kind of love these parts of the story when people are like, I ended up at this college. Here's a couple of my college stories because they're usually, you know, pretty funny. Guys are able to share some funny stories there, break the tension a little bit. Um, and then you roll into the, that post-college based on my worldview. This is what I pursued um, right after college. So that's kind of phase two. So you have the original, the starting environment. Then I started to take control and make some decisions. And then inevitably what I'm hearing, looking for is what I would call the Peter moment where everything crashed and burned. Because I think every man has that in their story. And I, I may be cynical about that. You guys may correct me. But I, if I don't hear a, a pretty strong dip somewhere, then I automatically assume you're not disclosing everything you should be. You sure. know, at, at some point, you made a, a rough decision that cost you some stuff. You know, Even if it was a a roommate that was a friend and now you guys aren't in relationship anymore. You totaled a mm -hmm. car or whatever happened. Mm -hmm. um, and then phase three, I would say for me is how you deal with that trauma, the things that you did to medicate. And that's where things like porn or alcohol or rushing into a marriage or things like that kind of tend to show up. And then phase four, if you make it in that last five minutes, which a lot of guys don't, and I can respect that, but Phase four would be like, here's where I've been in the past year as a result of those other three phases. Like, this is where I am right now, mm. you know? And some guys, their story really takes a tick up because if they're sitting out in the woods with 30 dudes that are, you know, have a faith base and are pursuing health, something's going on to draw them out there and unless a friend drug them out there, which that happens sometimes. Mm. Mm. Uh, we had a guy this past weekend say, I, I thought I was coming to a Bible study and it took us about 10 minutes to stop laughing. But um, so that phase four is usually like, I'm going to identify where I am right now. So. so how often whenever they're going through those phases of their lives, do they begin to get, you begin to see themes through there and maybe they even get to the end and they see this theme and they're like, Oh my God, like <laughs> that's what, that's the one that happens. Yeah. And uh, so, and I, I, I said I wouldn't, but I have to with the last three minutes or so that Go we have it. left those themes are almost always set by the father relationship almost always and uh i, I would say i'm not really sure how to deal with that as a father myself you know <laughs> i immediately thought i need to go home and apologize to my sons 
What for? I'm not sure. Not just, but I'm I just sorry. a general apology. I'm I'm sorry <laughs> that I like know. I sired you. Like what that thing that mm. happened to pull yeah. you into the world. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, it it most always goes back to that father relationship. And if I could take a step further without disclosing any details, and and this is present. Let me just correct that. This is present in my life as well. There's a feeling of not measuring up. Mm. And that leads to all sorts of carnage. Yeah. If, if we could get that one piece figured out where sons felt like they measured up with their father. <laughs> that'd be a, it'd be a yeah. whole different uh, coaching weekend. Yeah. It'd be a lot of rehab centers that had to close yep. and a lot of divorce attorneys that would have to find something else to do. Yeah, mm. car insurance. Yeah, it usually it usually leads to those two things. So um, how do you guys feel about it? You think you're going to sit down and try to figure your story out? Yeah, it makes me excited to to go and participate on the next one, I think. Like uh like I feel like I could do it, mm-hmm. but I've never actually I've said like parts of my story, you know, for the sake of benefiting a group, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've ever gone just start to finish in front of an audience before. Yeah. It sounds kind of terrifying to me. <laughs> but it sounds good. I've only heard good things from it. Yeah. Well, there's certain things that when you get to know those things about a man, it's like, man, I, I really feel like I know you. You know, I think if one thing we could close out with is saying that well, a little bit of what Austin was referencing earlier. When you're looking back, you're not looking back to judge. You're looking back to assess. Hmm. Those are very different postures. You know, um, if I'm looking back to judge, then I'm just looking for somebody to blame. And and of course, it's going to be my mom or dad. You know, whoever raised me. But if I'm I'm looking back to assess, a a good question to ask to get the ball rolling uh, is to put yourself that age in that part of the story. Mm. So, for instance, saying I had to ask myself, what did six-year-old Ben need? How did he interpret that? Yeah, that he didn't get, and how did he interpret it? Sure. You know, or did he get it and he just didn't catch it? You know, I mean, so you almost have to think about yourself it's a little bit like Seinfeld. We'll bring that in for the millennial audience. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little bit like looking back on your life in that third person. Uh, like, not that I'm living it again, but I'm viewing it and trying to assess what actually went down, you know. And then the other thing we should say is once you start this process, pretty quickly find somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, do not go down the rabbit hole of investigating your life on your own. That can lead to some pretty pretty dangerous places so we'll just hope that the men who are listening to this uh would have somebody close enough to them even if they're just drinking beer and playing golf you know with the with the fall air moving in able to say man i've been thinking about some stuff i hadn't thought about in a long time and then after the guy panics and gets back in the golf cart and you know <laughs> maybe he'll settle down by the 17th hole or something yeah. and they can they can have a real conversation about it cool good stuff this or that. That's what I'm calling this episode. This or that? Oh, I thought we had another name. No, this or that, colon, and then whatever I find later that we can <laughs> say we're going to call it. Okay, so, Well, let's do this as we're wrapping up. The very last challenge we're giving hangar men who are listening is to think about what they would say if they're going to share their life story inside of 20 minutes. That's the challenge. Take it or leave it. 